Welcome to episode 10 of the Brid Sages, Stormbound players with a head for the game. I am Freeloader, and with me as always are my co-hosts, Sabaiku and Arthas. Sabaiku, how is it going tonight? Fantastic. And Arthas, how are you doing? I'm honestly, uh, I'm inciting fear with the new freeze. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very strong deck with it. It's so great. Anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about more of, more of that later. <laughs> Arthas, the Halloween terror. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are the Brood Sages, and as a reminder, you can always contact us at Brood Sages on Twitter. Or for all of you who watched the first run of Airwolf as kids, our email address is thebroodsages at gmail.com. So guys, we got to jump right into the news because uh, as always, or well, I shouldn't say as always, but moving forward as always, it being the first of the month, there are changes. And we have some patch notes for the recent November update to talk about. And we're going to uh, talk first uh, about uh, the administrative stuff. We'll get that out of the way real quick and we'll get into the cards. But I want to remind all of our listeners, there is one fantastic website out there that you can find all of these patch notes, stormbound-kitty.com. You'll see the link to the release notes uh, because it's the, the most recent news right then and there. Uh, and we always recommend that you go there. So with that, uh, we have a uh, <clears throat> Halloween pack being offered now. Uh, that Halloween pack is uh, six mythic, six heroic, and six classic. Now, there's some reason for the... For the number uh, 666, anybody? Uh... <laughs> no, I, I yeah, can't no, figure that's, out. That's no. just the, I'm pretty sure it's just a coincidence that it's the same number three times. Uh, we're also seeing a cheapened brawl, which, uh, Sabaiku, I know you loved last time. I loved last time. Uh, guys, what do you think? I think this is good. Do this. There's nothing else we really have to say. Everybody should participate. In general, I think if this was just the new norm, I would be totally thrilled with it, to be honest. Uh, also, we can get some copies of the new uh, uh, Bestoic Protector, uh, <laughs> which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. Uh, in fact, why don't we jump into that right now? So we have what was Bisanu and is now being called Stoic Protectors, um, although I just like Bestoic Protectors. It just kind of fits better. Uh, and uh, for those of you who haven't seen the card yet, on play. Stoic Protectors will disable the abilities of the bordering slash surrounding enemies, one to four of them, depending upon your level. This effect is actually permanent. It's not while they remain bordering and surrounding, but it is permanent uh, until that unit dies, uh, and it cannot be canceled. It only works on units. It cannot be used to disable structures, so you're, the true shot tower that your opponent just played, uh, this card's not going to help you with that. What do you guys think? Sabaiku, give me a thought. It's an interesting effect. It's a unique effect. This is a silence mechanic that was teased by Brzoja a little bit ago uh, on this very podcast. It's a great control tool in that you can now counter enemies that you were not able to counter before or something like finite loopers. You want to be able to just remove that spawn after it dies. Well, now you can. We can talk about whether or not it's going to see a lot of play. I think that uh, it probably will not because I think those type of on-death effects or elder effects are just not really particularly prevalent enough to warrant you including this in your deck. Uh, you know, with only 12 cards in the deck, deck slots are very precious. And with you being able to 
disable the abilities of up to four units, it seems like great value until you realize that your opponent is only playing one of those anyway. Yeah, the other thought that came to mind uh, for me on this card, I love it, first off. I love the effect. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, thinking of a card like Debug Loggers or Greengale Serpents, the amount of buff that those cards received when they were played the turn before, you know, whenever they were played... That buff remains. So they won't get any bigger, but however big they got and whatever value they got when played, uh, those can't be undone at this point. So they're, you know, a lot of time. I don't know how often people will play Green Gale Serpents hoping to get more than the buffs from the first turn, right? Right. The opponent has already gotten the value that they want from it on their turn. You can't, you can't counter what's already happened. So, Arthas, how excited are you to use this against your opponent's green prototypes? Green prototypes. Uh, that's that's very... Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's really weird because if you do that, um, if you disable the enemy green prototypes, I mean, um, you don't get the buff. You just take damage. That's actually kind of ensuring a value from for them that's kind of weird but i think it's really uh i think that's very funny but i am i am excited for using this against like uh chestnuts or tigor because tigor has honestly been very very prominent in diamond one now because of the because of someone advertising uh ironclad dragons it's actually very strong <laughs> tigor yeah tigor and then embers too because the, that deck oh. also has embers it's really good for that honestly oh my gosh that's spare it dragon just a... yeah oh, yeah spare they're... too yeah. There are multiple <laughs> triggers there. Yeah, the problem being if your opponent is <laughs> able to, you know, set up that spare dragonling so that it just dies when your units move, you don't get a chance to counter it. Mm -hmm. Like uh I mean you can even disable like toad that might jump again you know because usually it's not uncommon for them to a set up toad to jump again after the first time so this is also really nice for that it, i find it weird though because you can disable things like restless goats ability so then they don't take damage <laughs> <laughs> or, really. or hags <laughs> oh yeah like hags too <laughs> you definitely got to be careful with how you play this for sure i thought it was an interesting choice that they chose not to allow you to to silence your own units yeah that one's cool. I understand why there are definitely, right? Like every faction has a two mana unit with a drawback, right? Like you mentioned the hags uh, or destructo bots. You don't want to remove the drawback for some of those units, but not others, I guess. You don't want to remove the drawback for green prototypes. Yeah, I think the thing is that um, most of the cards in the game don't have an ability as the drawback. Most of the time, you don't want your own unit's ability to disappear. Especially like when you look at the Stoic Protectors at level 5, turn off up to uh, 4 surrounding abilities. So like if you if you if it was triggering your own units, it's really hard to actually position that card without like hurting you. Yeah, that's fair. Now this lets you right that lets you play around it a little bit. If you suspect your opponent has stoic protectors, you could set up like green prototypes next to your hairy chestnut or your elder. Yeah. So that if they silence the elder, at least they have to silence the green prototypes yeah, also. Yeah, definitely a lot of really interesting interactions there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the the the, the interplay between uh, how you would set up to counter this is really intriguing. I'm very interested to see 
how that actually plays out in games moving forward. Um, for our listeners who don't know, Stoic Protectors uh, costs four mana. It starts at a, uh, a two. It has zero movement all the way up, and it it, it caps out at five uh, for its health. Although I don't necessarily know that the health of this particular unit is as important as its effect. I mean, it's definitely not while you're playing the card. Sure. I I, I, I don't know. My, one reaction that I did have to the card immediately was that the effect is awesome, I don't necessarily know that the uh, effect for the mana is enough. Like, there's times where I would imagine, you know, you'd like to execute like a Tiger, for example, right? And this plus execute would be a wonderful way of countering Tiger, but it's eight, like it's just too much mana. It's your whole turn. It's your whole turn, and I don't think that that's that that's such a tempo loss to do it. So I don't know. Maybe maybe at some point uh, this gets a little bit uh, lower in mana, but the effect is insanely exciting. Uh, it's a new kind of effect. It's a new interaction in the game, and it's got counterplay to it, which is really exciting. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely preferable to running confinement in a lot of situations. Um, but if you have confinement, I don't think that you're going to be running this instead. No, this does not remove the buff that Lady Rhyme gets, for example, on play. I so. mean, on play abilities are like non-existent as like right after they're played anyway. They might as well not have an ability. Right, they're gone at that point. Right, exactly. Yeah. Sibaiku, any final thoughts on Basanu? It's an interesting card and it's an interesting mechanic. I don't know if there's room for it. I think the biggest problem with it is that it's a purely reactive card. You can't do anything proactively with it. You know, I've been um, messing around with the winter control deck that uh, Arthas was playing last season, and it's it's a great deck because it allows you to play tools that are useful for control as well as flexible for attacking. Right, like Ulf, you can use to gain health or put into the opponent's base for Siren. damage. Same kind. You of can thing. play Siren for the confinement effect, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or offensively. Uh, and this, this, you are stuck into a reactive control type of game with it. It it's not multifunction like that, and I think that's really the biggest limit to the card that I see. I agree, and it doesn't even have like that much base strength to merit the four mana you're spending on it, mm. right? Because it's only a five strength at max. If you're playing something like Edric at max level, at least you don't feel bad about putting it down and getting no value from the effect, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if if as a little suggested proposed change to make it a little more multifunctional and less useless when there are no good enemies to silence um they should simply just give it movement it doesn't have a high base strength for it to be a strong type of movement card but at least it has Ooh. its own use okay okay the interesting thing about movement is that it could potentially like if your opponent used tiger defensively and cleared a unit or two with it and now it survived as like a two health this with movement would allow you to not only silence the tiger but then clear it that's a much more exciting play, to be honest. Yeah. Ooh, I really like that, Arthas. You got me hooked, man. 
And if they really want to, they can like really nerf the base strength to like one to three. Yeah, but okay. still, like movement, that's good. That's good because even if it doesn't do anything, frontline, that's nice. Clearing a low health unit, that's also nice. Right. It allows you to play it for just a little bit more tempo yeah. or at least a little tempo, even in a exactly. situation where otherwise it's a dead card in hand and you're just exactly. cycling it, cycling it, cycling. Right. Like if your opponent just doesn't play an elder, doesn't play a shady ghoul, then you just want to get rid of this every time you see it. Yeah. All right. So moving on from there, Arthas, I hear tell that Reign of Frogs got adjusted. Can you walk us through it? Oh, yeah. Another Shadow Fender. Don't, don't get me wrong, though. I'm not sad. I'm actually happy for this one. Okay. <laughs> because Interesting. Uh, Ra- Reign of Frogs, they changed it so that uh, at max level, level 5, it now costs 2 mana instead of 1. Now, obviously, that kind of offsets some of the other uh, stats of it. So what they did was... I think they changed level 2 to be 2 mana. I don't remember if that was 3 mana before, but level 2 is 2 mana now. And then at level 3, it's still 2 mana, but it has a random chance to spawn either 4 or 5 frogs instead of a flat number. So that's how they kind of like compensated for that uh, nerf at max level. I actually really like this because, I mean, 1 mana reign of frogs, especially with something as strong as like, uh, you know, Butcher's, Bragda, Klaxi, it's actually insane to like, to just like completely flood the board with like 10 strength units in 7 mana with Bragda. It's just stupid. Slowing down the combo <laughs> by one turn makes a huge difference. It, it really makes does. a giant difference for sure. For sure. I, I, I like the change to, to level 5 100%. I'm less excited about the level 3 yeah, card now. One, 2 right? mana, <laughs> and you don't know if you're getting 4 or 5. Just kind of feels bad. There have been so many games where I have won on turn 7 with exact lethal Reign of Frogs into Butchers. Now, I can't even calculate it out. <laughs> Because I actually have yeah. level three rain. Yeah, it's it's not as reliable on level three, that's for sure. But you know, sometimes it might actually help you spawning less frogs so you don't get blocked or something. That's possible too, for yeah. sure. For sure. <laughs> it's a double edged blade. All right, so moving on from there. Uh, Rogue Sheep, which uh when introduced, uh we pointed out didn't seem like it had too much of a home. Uh, and I'm reading into this that Sheepyard agrees that the usage rate for this card is lower than they would like because they've now dropped the uh, mana cost from seven down to six. Again, I think that's a move in the right direction. I'm still just not sure. A, I don't see a ton of pirate decks, and this is clearly a card that wants to be in a deck with lots of pirates. Uh, but the secondary problem to that is pirate decks tend to be very aggressive and this is clearly a very defensive card so i don't know if it ever really finds a home um but i do think that the mana reduction is a good way of trying to entice more play out of it i think it's a very exciting aoe if you can ever find a deck to uh fit it into so moving on from there Sabiku, give me another balance change. Eloth the Ignited now moves forward if it kills the unit that it pushes, and that's actually a really big change. You know, there's been a uh, construct dragon ironclad deck sweeping through diamond layers right now, and uh, it's proven to be very powerful. And Eloth is a big part of that. Uh, it takes the what is a pretty solid card and just makes it fantastic now instead of just being a mid-range value play where you put something pretty solid on the board and 
kill an enemy unit. Now you can actually push it away and take its spot on the board, making it more useful in aggressive decks. You can use it on the baseline and still put Eloth on the baseline. I I love this change, but I'm worried that it's going to be very strong. Arthas, what do you think? I actually like this. I really like it. I like its uh, pseudo movement. I mean, it doesn't always move forward. It has to actually kill. It gives you more of a choice. Like, gives you more options of like which unit to push. Like, do you really want to push this like uh, nine strength thing that's like on their baseline, or do less damage to like a six strength, but then it actually moves forward and helps you. It, it's a lot more. Um, there are a lot more options you can do with the card now, like base locking, right? Like, you can also do that. The, yeah, there was a. a, a... Gosh, it might have been Reynad, uh, and Sabaiku might be able to to tell me if I'm right or wrong here, who wrote an entire white paper about how exciting cards are that create micro decision-making points in a game, that that so much of a card game is focused on the macro. I know I'm the beatdown, I need to be aggressive. I know he's the defender, he needs to defend what I'm doing. Those kinds of macro decision-making points. But cards that give you micro decision-making points within a turn, you know, to Arthas's point, which would you rather? Do you want to use this on this turn defensively, but you won't get to move it forward, but you move the bigger threatening unit away? Or do you want to just go aggressive and use it on the other side against this smaller unit? Like th- those kinds of micro decision-making points are things that I really enjoy in this game, especially. I think Stormbound's filled with them. And taking another card and making it like that is even better. I'm very happy with this. Uh, Arthas, talk to me about Broodmother Cordia. Ah, uh, yes. Broodmother Cordia. Uh, Cordia. That is the uh, Shadowfin uh, legendary dragon. I know a lot of people maybe have forgotten about this one, so I gotta say it. But, I'm sorry. Uh, wait, now... wait, 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 wait. You stopped me right there. <laughs> yeah. Shadowfin has dragons? Yes, I know, right? Shadowfin huh? dragons, wandering worms, uh, sunbeam serpents. I didn't know those existed. <laughs> but, but, Cordia. Used to cost uh, 7 mana, now it's straight up 6 mana with no compensation whatsoever to its stats. It's a straight up buff. And man, being able to play, because being able to play it now one turn earlier. Now I want to talk about how powerful that actually is. I'm not saying this is a broken card, but I'm saying this is a very impactful change. Because uh, from a lot of the uh, the top players and the experienced players, uh, they find that the best way to be utilizing Cordia is for base locking or just base pressure in general instead of like playing her in the back line and hoping the eggs hatch because you don't actually need to have all the eggs hatch to get the value and utility from Cordia. What is nice though is being able to spawn eggs into the enemy baseline when normally you wouldn't be able to access those tiles if there are cards blocking the way and being able to do that at six mana for like a rush deck ooh, I'm really <laughs> that's gonna be very interesting. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because for a rush deck running a six mana card in Shadowfen, to date, the card that I have chosen to use has been Chestnuts. Now, my Chestnuts is not level five, but with Broodmother Cordia also at six, I actually wonder which one of those two is the better choice for a rush deck. What do you think? I feel like Chestnuts more toward the control because it doesn't have movement, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but Cordia is like, I mean, it has a large body. I mean, at max level, it's 10 strength with movement. You can attack or defend with it. And then it's six mana. And like, obviously, you know, for rush players, they would maybe rather spend six mana on two or three cards instead of one card. But what's so nice about this is how much board presence 
and pressure it gives. It's just crazy. Arthas, what happens to the eggs when they hatch? Oh yeah, when they hatch. So uh, at least at level 5, when the eggs hatch, because all the eggs are one strength when they are spawned, no matter what the level. But at the start of your turn, um, if, the eggs, if the eggs survive, they actually hatch a 7 strength dragon. And then the dragon moves forward too. So if you have eggs on the enemy baseline and they survive, it hatches and then it deals damage to them. So good. <laughs> but this is my this is my point. Like so as a rush deck, I cycle chestnuts on six almost every time, right? Because you're absolutely right. I want to play two or three, three ideally, units on six. But with so many distributed stats, this effectively is like playing three or four units yeah. on its own. It puts I, a lot of pressure where... Oh, sorry. Sorry, I don't want to yeah, like go interrupt. Ahead. But no, like... No, absolutely. It, it kind of pressures the opponent into dealing with the eggs compared to clearing your... Right. Like as a rush deck on six, if I had front all the way to their baseline already, which often I do, I'm considering not cycling this and playing it as the only card that turn. Because guess what? That's a lot of units for them to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it's not even entirely broken because, I mean, with the recent... Uh, buff to siege breakers. Yeah, that's a pretty nice counter to uh, Cordia, given they have the positioning. Same with void surgers; they would also attack the eggs. And I think again, that we need to talk about the fact that the eggs are treated as structures, so siege breakers will work on them, mm-hmm. and void surgers also. To your yeah. point, right. which is a card that is everywhere right now, for yeah. sure. But uh, in my experience, usually if they do have like one of either of those cards, they can't actually kill all the eggs simply because of the positioning of the spawns and the other units on the board. So yeah, I think it's fine. I'm excited. I'm actually thinking of swapping out Chestnuts for Cordia in my Shadowfen deck this yes, month. Yes, please stream. I want to watch it. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> Sabaiku, rumor has it personal servers uh, got a little bit of a buff. I'm excited by this one because personal servers is one of my favorite cards, not because it's generally the most useful or most overpowered, just because it was the first one that I got to level three. Um, <laughs> you leveled up was, that card? You're crazy. Well, you know, play, playing in silver, it was fantastic. Sure. Uh, playing in gold, it was still pretty useful, but um, personal servers used to be on par with the other four mana cards, but it distributed the stats as long as you met the condition that you had another unit on the board. And if you're making a pretty aggressive deck, you usually did. Uh, with this change down to three mana, the strength is reduced and the ability is also adjusted. Uh, so now the strength is one, two, two, three, three from level one to five. And the ability that it buffs another unit by is two, two, three, three, four from level one to five. Uh, what that means is that the net strength is three, four, five, six, seven, if you count both the body and the buff that it gives. So if you can keep another unit alive on the board before you play this, it's better strength to mana than Westwind, which is a three mana card that you see everywhere. While it used to be on par with the other four mana cards, now it's actually stronger than the other three mana cards if you can meet the condition. I think that that balances out the card really well. And I think and now I think it's a pretty solid addition to any mid-range or rush decks looking to get some units that survive on board and you can just buff them up and continue moving your front yeah i'd say it's pretty nice for rush because i mean there aren't really that many options like three mana movement cards 
and now there is. And then it's not even going to be, it shouldn't be that hard to meet the condition of having a friendly unit on board. Because if you're playing Rush, you're usually spamming the board. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen the original body stay the same. I, I, the, I understand adjusting the buff because we've adjusted the mana cost. But I never felt like the body was overly powerful to begin with. Uh, it would have been nice to, uh, you know, I mean, for three mana, a one health at level one for three mana feels pretty bad. Now I know there's a buff with it and it's distributed, but you can't use it to trade into anything. I mm-hmm. I, I liked the old the old uh, body power structure. I guess that kind of balances out that this does have more value than the other three mana cards that um, Subaiko mentioned. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it has more value, but in the uh, with the sacrifice that it's not as strong of a control card now because it can't kill very big units, but it has very good board presence instead. All right, so moving on from from personal service, which I agree is interesting, and and we might start to see more often included card now. Arthas, I'm very excited about this next one. Walk me oh, through yeah. Icicle Burst. Icicle Burst, guys. I never thought they would actually rework this card. Uh, I mean, I didn't think they would change the card, let alone rework it. Firstly, Icicle Burst now can freeze any unit you want. And there's no strike cap whatsoever. You can freeze a 50 strike Lady Rank for one mana. Oh, and get this. Even better. Okay? With the new update, you know, along with the balance changes, they actually reworked freeze we'll talk more about that later but in a long story short when a unit is frozen it's actually temporarily silenced it's amazing (laughs) it is now a card that's not just like a high risk high reward where you would like normally cycle it away simply because there needs to be a frozen unit on the board to get the massive damage it has but now you can use it all the time for just one mana and you can do so much from manipulating enemy movement not just that silencing them right for one mana like now it's massive damage that it comes with like at level five it's 18 damage when you use it on a frozen unit because when you use it on a non-frozen unit it freezes it instead without dealing damage but now that like really big burst damage is more of like a bonus at this point this it's one mana freeze and silence is so amazing and i'm really proud that they did this because i feel like that and the freeze rework with the uh, temporary silence, straight up made uh, Winter Freeze very viable again. And I've been running my uh, Freeze deck all of today, and it's incredibly strong. <laughs> I love it. It's so fun with Zavanna. Oh, man. Zavanna, finally. It's going to be meta. Zavanna's meta now, I'm calling it. It's actually <laughs> wow. meta. I'm not kidding. It's meta now. We, we will jump in then to the discussion about all we'll, we'll include Icicle Burst in our discussion around all the freeze mechanic uh, rework because obviously this is a key point to it. Um, I do love the fact that Icicle Burst now uh, is a standalone card, right? It was always before a one mana. If you have managed to trigger its you know requirement, then it has some use. Right, but you were usually wasting most of the damage. You know, you're killing a six health unit, whatever, mm, with right. like an eight. Right, but but now it's not. If you've frozen anything, you can do X, Y, or Z. No, 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 no. On its own, it's a standalone card that has value, which I love. I love the fact that it can be used on its own. Uh, but to your point, Arthas, man, this whole idea that while a unit is frozen, it is also temporarily silenced. I mean, Sabaiku, this has got to bring Freeze Winter back into the meta, right? It really 
such a big change. And, you know, I, I know that uh, Arthas has been playing with this. I have not messed around with it yet. Um, you know, we're recording this on the first day of the month. So hopefully uh, I get a chance to soon. Uh, I'm really excited to it. It seems like you can do a lot with it. Going back to what I was saying about Stoic Protectors being a purely reactive card. You know, this now, Icicle Burst now, is not purely reactive. You don't have to cycle it with another freeze effect. You don't have to combo it. It can just be used on its own whenever your opponent has a unit on the board, which seems like it happens pretty frequently in my experience. <laughs> it just It's useful as opposed to uh, something that you have to get rid of half the time or more. Right, exactly. So Arthas, you've been playing this all day. Yes. What have been, in your experience to date, now granted very early in the meta for this month, but what have been the best freeze targets that you've found today? <laughs> well, uh, so one I really like is now you can combo Icicle Burst and Wisp Cloud together. What? Yeah. <laughs> because you can now freeze a unit with Icicle Burst and attack it with Wisp Cloud. Like uh, me a while ago, um, both my Icicle Burst and my Wisp Cloud are level 4. So uh, Wisp Cloud does 7 damage with its ability when it attacks a frozen unit. And I, I, I tend to match against like a decent number of max chestnuts. And Ooh. 11 damage is not enough to kill chestnuts. But with 4 mana, like Icicle Burst and 3 mana from Wisp Cloud, you can deal 11 damage to max chestnuts, which is 13 HP, by the way. It brings it down to 2 HP, but the chestnut does not trigger its ability. <laughs> it's amazing. It won't, it won't drain. No, not at all. It stays at 2 strength. It's just so much damage for 4, for four mana. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is good. I like this. My favorite combo, though, is definitely Icicle versus Zavanna. Oh, man. Not requiring a unit. To like um induce freeze like with moments peace or a uh, frost hexer it makes positioning zavanna very very reliable and it's right because so now great. you can just freeze a unit on the board wherever it is you wherever don't have to is. get close to it mm -hmm. oh i love that just clears it you get uh, you get a seven or eight strength zavanna on the board and you get a free four mana card <laughs> it's like oh wow <laughs> it's so good that is so excellent <laughs> I have to say, this is going to be, we will probably share, if if uh, we feel like it's uh, polished enough, we will probably share a deck list in this uh, show notes uh, uh, for a, a good, solid, reliable freeze deck uh, from Winter. And uh, based on our early testing so far, and I say our, be, in, like the royal hour here, it's really <laughs> Arthas's testing, but based on testing so far... <laughs> I, look, we we on this show are critical of cards when we think the cards are not right. Uh, we should be equally as complementary to cards and effects when it's gotten right. This deck that, that Arthas has been playing is a winter deck with winter cards. Yeah. It's not a winter deck... Yeah, with the gift of the lies, right? <laughs> no, this was it's not so, a no, gift. No, it's so yeah, it doesn't even run gift or Aaron. Okay, it's very healthy because it has six winter cards and six neutral cards. Oh, that is so good. So you're taking see, you're taking advantage of mana acceleration, but you're using the freeze effect, and yeah. that gives it and, a really a really nice identity. And it brings back these two uh, very underused cards, Wisp Cloud 
and Midwinter Chaos into something really, really strong and reliable. Wait, wait you're, you're going to call those two cards out as being unused and not mention Zhivana in the same breath? Hey, look, look at least Zhivana's a meme, okay? It's, proud, okay. it's a proud meme. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am seriously excited. Anytime you can make a change to a mechanic like this that suddenly brings it into a hopefully non-oppressive, it doesn't feel oppressive based on what I've seen so far, but a, a, a strong, playable, viable deck that gets people playing cards that weren't currently in the meta yesterday, literally yesterday, and today suddenly they're there. I think this is a f- this is a home run. Oh yeah, and just by the way, when I'm playing this deck, uh, you're showing it in the show notes, right? Because mm-hmm. I really want to show it off. Yes, of course, um, of course. I am. <laughs> I've been destroying Winter Aaron Ulf decks with it. That's I am not scared of it anymore because this is really strong, and it's not like busted strong. It's like healthy strong. I love it so much. All right. Well, so uh, tip of the hat to Sheepyard for making a perfect change to the freeze uh, uh, mechanic. With that, um, this is uh, our opportunity to do something a little different. Uh, We wanted to do something a little themed for the Halloween season. We know that this isn't being published exactly on Halloween, but this is the closest episode we'll record to it. So what we thought we would do is we would do a little segment where Sabaiku will actually be asking the questions of Arthas and I. Now, these questions, we don't know what they are up front. We have no idea what's going to be asked of us, but Sabaiku has put together <laughs> a list of Halloween-themed, Stormbound-related questions that Arthas and I will be stuck on the spot having to answer as best as we can. So, um, I'm very we, excited for this one. It's, we've never it's like done a anything like this. Though, really. Like exactly. Q&A. It's a little game show, a little <laughs> Q&A. Uh, we've never done anything like this, and we have no idea how this is going to work out, but it's Halloween, and we got to do something different and spooky and scary. And let me tell you, right now, I am frightened. Okay, Sabaiku. <laughs> hey, you guys definitely should be. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's all, all right. yours. Freeloader, you'll start with the first answer to this question. I'm going to ease you guys into this. Uh, just a nice, simple, what's the best card art? To carve into a pumpkin. The best card art to carve into a pumpkin. It has to be uh, Shady Ghoul. Shady Ghoul. It's yeah. It looks like like a soccer goalie. (laughs) Who? No one's gonna be offended when they see a soccer goalie. goalie. Shady Ghoul. Big on the big mitts. He's hands to the side. He's ready to play defense either direction. Yeah, it's Shady Ghoul. (laughs) Arthas. Mine, uh, Zuri, Lord of Life. He looks exactly like a bat. Come on, it's perfect. That one actually is pretty good. I'm glad it's this round, yeah. Okay, wait, wait. I do want to point out that neither of us said Brood Sages, which is maybe a mistake. Hey, you know what? It's fine. All right. Now, from a gameplay perspective, Arthas, what mm. is a Halloween-themed mechanic you'd like to see added to the game? Ooh. Halloween themed. Oh, you know what? Has to be fear. Maybe forces the enemy to move backwards. Forces them. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that would kind be very cool. Like right? a, a nice spin on confusion. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised I just came up with that on the spot. But it reminds me of like so many games that have a such like fear mechanic where it makes them move away from some sort of epicenter. Right. It's. I think that's really cool. Excellent. Excellent. All right. And freeloader. I was thinking there could be some sort of. Uh, uh, like a like a like a pumpkin explosion kind of thing where uh, the Ooh. units get covered in goo and are therefore uh, unable to deal damage when they trade. All right. 
All right. I like oh, it. So it's like it's like covering them in slime, like straight yeah. from Nickelodeon. So they can't, right, exactly. Never. So they can't punch. They just can't <laughs> punch. Immunity. They get they get smacked. They can die, but they just can't throw a punch. Freeloader, your turn first here. Mm-hmm. What is the best card to turn into a Halloween costume, and why is it Klaxi? Don't <laughs> fit. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it does have to be Claxi. Yeah, uh, for sure. it, it's actually funny. I've actually seen a few people uh, <laughs> who have uh, went as plague doctors. And I swear to you, every time I saw a plague doctor, I'm like, why do they dress up as Claxi from Stormbound? And I mean, I'm sure a lot of women would be interested in that one, too. <laughs> there is quite a fan base regarding Claxi. <laughs> it's perfect. That's great. I, I don't know if I can top that one, but I would have to go for Sir- uh, Siren of the Seas. I mean, with those little tentacles, Ooh. you know, you're going to be pretty flashy with it, right? <laughs> I, I, all, I'll t- all I will tell you is that if somebody asked me what my uh, costume was yes- uh, yesterday, I would have told them I was going as Harry Chestnuts. <laughs> you don't even need to do anything. <laughs> That's it, man. <laughs> oh, nice. All right. I'm Arthas, loving you- these questions. Arthas, you answer this one first. All right. Which card are would make the scariest Halloween costume, and why is it Freeloader dressed as Claxi? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know the worst no, part is now I'm actually no, going to cosplay as Claxi. Can't get me nightmares. <laughs> I'm so cosplaying as Claxi on a stream sometimes. soon. <laughs> But you know, if it's not Claxi, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that would be. I mean, I don't know. I guess something like Harvester of Souls. That's pretty scary, right? <laughs> no, I'm showing up at Subaiku's house tomorrow <laughs> as Salty Outcast. Axe in each hand. Here no, what about go. Helio Troopers? Helio Troopers. Yeah, yeah that one's better. Those yeah, are yeah. some tough toads. I like Those that. are some tough toads. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, let's uh, let's think about the legendary heroes in the game. Mm. Freeloader, which legendary hero would make the best candy bar? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Oh, uh, man. I like this. It has to, it has to be Edric, because he's Mr. Goodbar. Look at that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. Handlebar. <laughs> <laughs> let's see i wonder what mine would be uh has to be um oh oh i know i know already it's uh it's gonna be zivana breath mints <laughs> <laughs> is it winter mint winter mint sure yeah we'll go with that <laughs> All right, now we got a few questions that are all working on the same theme here. Imagine all the legendary heroes in a horror movie. Which would be the first to die? Ooh. Uh, Arthas, Arthas, you're first. Ooh. Give me a moment to think about this one. First to die, huh? First to die. Oh, man. Okay, I gotta, I gotta calm myself from making really bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, Murs? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't really or i don't know Merz is first to die in every game listen to my uh thinking here oh yeah he's also first play <laughs> but anyway um my thinking is uh he's on a chair and he's relying on those legs to like uh move him you know you could might as well call him disabled yes perfect no 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 Merz <laughs> looks like the actual bad guy from the saw movies he's oh, yeah. the mastermind 
<laughs> He's waving that scepter around and everyone's dying. No, no, no. The, the, the hero who dies first has to be the dude who literally tries to be the know-it-all, right? Uh, it's Counselor right. Ami. Guys, listen, <laughs> do everything I tell you. And he's dead. <laughs> or what about like what about it. what about Doctor Mia, where uh, they're busy uh, playing with some virus, and then a freaking zombie outbreak happens, and she's the first one to get eaten. <laughs> That's very likely, in fact. Let's be honest. Uh, that one's a little too realistic. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's a, hit, hit a little, it's 2020, and we've got this Rona virus thing going around. I don't know, dude. Well. That, that was, no, a little too close to home. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> All right, uh, freeloader. Uh, which character would be the comedic relief in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> also, Counselor Ami. Hey guys, I know just how to get out of here. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then there's like multiple, uh, multiple clones Mul- of him. Multiple. Like, wait, wait, wait. Who's that character Each in scene... South Park who keeps dying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Counselor Ami is literally Kenny. He will die in every scene. Yes. There it is. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a good answer to that one. Comic relief. Um, okay, let's. Oh, I know what. Tigor. Yes. Each of the three heads have a different personality, all conflicting. I like it. All right. Are this, and then the last question in this horror movie, Stormbound characters, which hero would be the serial killer? <laughs> I feel like Freeloader already mentioned yeah, <laughs> from can... my comment a while ago, but um, if it wasn't Collector Murs, let's see, uh, serial killer, huh? Prime Oracle Bragda. No one expects the old lady. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. That's actually really good. That's really good. Uh, I'm glad. If not, if not Bragda, oh boy. I think the the mastermind behind all of it. Has to be the queen of herds doing that little shimmy shimmy shake. So oh, that thing gives me nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> Every time somebody's about to die, she's like out in a field somewhere around a bonfire. She just throws her arms up, does that shimmy shake. Somebody <laughs> hears that little and then they're dead. I oh my gosh. Stormbound horror movie confirmed. We're doing it, boys. <laughs> Start writing the script. <laughs> all right well so that was unusual and maybe not something we're going to repeat too often but it certainly was fun. Um, in the stormbound christmas movie which hero is the killer no way <laughs> i mean i love i love the little mix-up that not all of us knows exactly what's going on like only sabaika knows the questions <laughs> yeah that part made me very frightened um, um, counselor ami of this group <laughs> <laughs> So guys, uh, it's time for me to remind you that you can always follow us on Twitter at BroodSages, and you can email us at thebroodsages at gmail.com. And so this week, guys, we did get some feedback. Actually, some of this feedback, I will apologize, is a little older than just this past week. We are still learning on uh, uh, checking all of the different ways in which you guys can contact us. But this week, we did receive from ToasterBot, and my name is Brent. Hi, my name is Brent. My name is Freeloader. Uh, they gave us some feedback in our Discord uh, Brood Sages channel on the official Stormbound Discord. Guys, thank you so much. That was awesome. We appreciate the positive feedback. On Apple Podcasts, actually at the beginning of last month, uh, Italian, as a half Italian myself, I love the name. He gave us this review, quote, I've been playing Stormbound since it dropped in 2017, and I can say with all certainty that these gentlemen clearly know their stuff. It's insightful, fun, and easy to understand. I highly recommend. Uh, 
Italian. Thank you so much for that. That was really kind of, I will take issue with only one thing you said. Uh, please don't call me a gentleman ever. <laughs> Wow, that sounds like you got a bit offended there. (laughs) Just anytime somebody calls me a gentleman and my wife is within earshot, you can hear the eyes roll. So trust me. Uh, But with that, uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It really means a lot to us. Uh, That's going to do it for Arthas and Sibaiku. I am Freeloader, and we are the Brood Sages reminding you to stay hydrated.